Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 88. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and a very warm welcome to today's podcast episode. How are you doing? How's your week been? Mine has been good, busy, few trips in and out, but I'm recording this right before I head off to California for two whole weeks. I can't wait. Now, I'm not going over for a holiday. I am going over for work reasons, but obviously working in California in the sun is obviously way nicer than sitting in my office in a very grey looking England. So I am really, really looking forward to going over there. And also the other really cool thing about going over there is that I get to meet up and see lots of people that live over there and I only ever see when I'm over in California. So that's going to be super cool. Very much looking forward to that. And it's my last trip of the year out of the country anyway. So that's cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, on to today's podcast episode. We've got an interview for you today. And this is my very lovely friend, Natalie Haley, who helps businesses basically use their content to full effect. Now, you know, I am a massive advocate for you to produce content, i.e., a blog, a vlog, a podcast, a live video show, whatever it is. I am really, really keen for you to do that. Because unless you are a big business that can advertise and get your brand awareness that way, then really content is the next best way in which you can do that. And I highly, highly recommend you do it. Also, it proves you're an expert, blah, blah, blah. There's a million reasons. And I've probably told you over and over again. So I won't go into that now. 
but it's super important for you to actually have that regular content. But we spend so much time producing, as I well know, because I'm recording a number of podcasts today, so I know how much time it takes. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. Episode, let me think, episode 87, last week's episode, I recorded and it was a 30 minute episode and it took me about an hour and it never does that. But for whatever reason, I kept messing up and stopping and starting and stopping and starting. So even when you're on episode 87 of a podcast, it still sometimes takes way too much time and way more time than it should take. Anyway, so it takes all this time to produce this amazing content. You've written your blogs, you've produced your videos, you've done your podcast, and then you put a post up on social media and it's tumbleweed. Like, that's it. No one's reading it. And I remember when I had a blog and no one read or hardly anybody read my blog, I am much happier now with the podcast because obviously I can see my stats on that and it's awesome. But, you know, that's the problem. You write this content, you do this stuff, and then how do you make sure that people actually know that it's out there? And how do you make a point of really making the most of that content? So Natalie works with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over the world who have podcasts or produce videos to make their content happen. She takes the initial content and takes the pressure off the content creator and handles the entire publishing, promotion and repurposing process in order for them to keep producing top quality content consistently and to grow their audience. So basically, Natalie will take someone's video and then she does everything else. But what's really good about this episode is I haven't necessarily brought her on here to promote her services, do you? I've brought her on here to talk you through the process that she uses. And what I discovered during this episode, as you'll hear, or what I kind of mentioned is that it's taken me a long time in business to realize, and maybe I'm just a bit slow, that actually, if you can put a process behind something, it makes it so much easier. And Natalie doing this week in, week out for various different people on various different platforms, she has obviously had to bring in a process. And also when she's working with people, they have had to follow her process so that she can do the work with them. So what's really great about this episode is Natalie talks a step by step by step how she makes the most of their videos on YouTube, how she makes the most of their podcasts, what she does with blogs. And she talks you through all the things that she does in order to publish them. So how do you make the most of putting a video on YouTube? She gives some great tips around that. Then what she does in terms of creating that content. So the types of social media she posts and where she posts and, and promotes that bit of content. And then how she uses that content to then create other stuff. So she's repurposing that one thing. And like I said, I love this episode. She really does talk through step by step by step, which is awesome. She's also got a template as a freebie that is in the show notes. So if you go to TeresaHeathWaring.com forward slash 88, the number, then you're going to be able to get the download for her template. So that's her process on how to do YouTube videos and podcasts and blogs. And also she gives loads of tools and loads of different systems that she uses to help her find keywords and to put together her titles and different things like this. So really, really useful, very practical session. I really enjoyed this one just because I had a few revelations in it, which is always funny. And I always enjoy that one about this podcast, which was interestingly enough, but yeah, really, really useful podcast. I think you're going to find it useful. Oh, the other thing that I want to mention before she gets started is the fact of 
like I said, this isn't necessarily for if and when you want to give this away to someone. This is a process that you can use. But what's great about you having this process is come the day when the business has grown, that you can pass on these things to someone else. Believe me, having done this, I know how useful this is to have that strict process in place. Well, not strict, but to have that process in place is is really, really key in terms of saying to a VA or to a content manager or whoever to say, actually, this is the process I go through. This is what I do. You just need to follow that process. So she was really helpful in helping you understand about thinking more long term, because at the moment you might do things all yourself and there's still things that I do all myself and yet I still have a process for it. So funnily enough, one of the things I've just put together is a kind of monthly to-do list for the academy because I know that every month I'm adding in an additional course. I know that we have several coaching calls. I know that we've obviously got Facebook Lives and I give everybody social media updates and, you know, if there's any challenges and that sort of thing. But I've done myself a process in order to say, right, Teresa, have you done it for this month? Have you done this, 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 this? Because even though it's me doing every step, it's really useful to be able to tick those things off and to remember, okay, once I've done that, I do this. Once I've done that, I do this. So like I said, I really hope you're going to enjoy this one. She's a very lovely lady with lots and lots of good ideas. So fingers crossed, this is going to be a good one. Over to Natalie. Okay. I am really excited today to welcome my very lovely friend, Natalie Haley to the podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, Teresa. I've got a huge beam on my face. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. I'm really glad. And I'm so happy to have you on because not only are we friends, which is lovely, mm-hmm. uh, but secondly, what you do is very smart and very helpful. Like, you know how I always have amazing guests on and I love having amazing guests, but sometimes you think that's so cool, but it's so far away from most people and what Mm. they can do, or that's a different level of business or whatever. And actually for you and what you do and what we're going to talk about, I think it's going to be perfect for anybody listening. So this is going to be an awesome one. Before we get started, why don't you just tell our listeners kind of how you got to do what you're doing now? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, it wasn't really a straight road. Um, I wouldn't, I didn't exactly fall into it, but it's, it's funny how sometimes when you start off in business, um, it, it takes a different path to what you first thought it would. So I'd started off really with the main focus being on copywriting and helping businesses and, and entrepreneurs create their blog content. But from there, it was, it became really clear to me that there was a real demand and um, people who had a blog or a podcast or video, creative video there's such a lot to do behind the scenes. So it's one thing actually putting a blog out there. It's one thing creating a fantastic video or podcast episode. It's Mm. quite another thing to then do everything else that comes after that once it's been edited to actually get it published, do all of the faffy things, as I call them, behind the scenes, which most of us hate doing, and then actually getting that content promoted. Because let's face it, you know, we have to yeah, but quite hard, really, most of the time to drive people to to watch our video or listen to our podcast or read our blog. So, so it led to me actually helping say, businesses and, and solopreneurs mainly to actually get their content out there in a high quality way and on a consistent basis. That's really the key. It's helping them do it consistently, consistently because when we're running a business, there's so many things to think about and we're so busy that often it's it's our own content that falls off the end. So I'm very happy to be able to help people do it on a weekly, however they choose to do it, to to get it out there consistently. No, and I think that's great because the other thing is 
when we do make content, so, and everybody knows who's listening that I am a huge advocate of you having some kind of regular content, mm-hmm. whether it be a blog, vlog, video, podcast, whatever it might be. But when you are going to all that effort, because this takes time, obviously, mm-hmm. like, all of this takes time creating any kind of content. Mm. So the last thing you want to do is create it, put it out there and have tumbleweed or not maximize that opportunity to get it seen by as many people as possible. So mm. I think, like you said, sometimes the emphasis is so much on the content, i.e. you've got to create the thing and putting all your effort into it. And then if we're doing it ourselves, you just shove a blog up, blog up on a mm. you know, website and think, oh, brilliant. The the world and their masses are going to come and look at it now. It's like, if you build it, they will come. Well, they're not going to, not unless somehow you tell them and you get the message out to them. So that's where you find a a real kind of niche in terms of helping people do that. Definitely. I mean, I would say that the actual creation of the content itself in whatever form probably doesn't even form 50% of of overall what needs to be done. But because, you know, most business owners are so busy, it feels like a huge achievement. It is a huge achievement to tick that massive, oh, I've written a blog this week or I've put another episode out this week of the podcast. But like I said, there's so much more to be done after that. So, you know, hopefully, you know, what we can talk about today will help people get some kind of process in place that it doesn't feel as overwhelming and, you know, in, in that sense, they're much, much more likely to be remain consistent. Yeah. And, and also if they're sat there thinking, oh God, so I've got to do a load of other stuff after it. Mm -hmm. It's like, why not consider then reducing the amount you make? Mm. You know, if you are doing something weekly and you think, but I literally, I'm just chucking up and I don't have the time to do the next bit, Mm. then maybe go every other week and make sure you put that time and effort in. 100%. So I'm a huge advocate for doing less, but making more of it huge. And I, I think there's been a real shift over the past couple of years towards that you know people have do seem to have that that, you know a few years ago it was like right you need to produce a blog every single week or at one point every single day but I think we have to be realistic about what we can achieve and and my biggest piece of advice to people when it comes to staying consistent with any form of content is not to be over ambitious at least to start with at least when you're in the, the early stages because it's very easy to kind of build up and increase that frequency but once you've set a certain expectation, not just for yourself, but for your audience, it's yeah. very, very easy for them to lose a little bit of confidence in you if they see that you can't keep up with that. Much better to, you know, pair it back a little bit, be realistic about what you can achieve and and then build it up from there. Because it's, it's hard, especially in the early days of, of business, you know, when you know, normally you're doing everything yourself. Outsourcing isn't always an option no. to start with. So you do have to be realistic. So with my own podcast, I decided to publish a um, podcast episode fortnightly rather than weekly yeah. and make more of it in between, focus more on the repurposing and promotion. So I, I do think that's something that, that people should consider. And then as time goes on, build it up. And when you can look at you know, bringing in help from other people with yeah. all of the different elements of it, certainly go down that route and then it frees up your time to focus more on whatever you need to be doing. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it is a huge pressure. I have to say there's a few things about doing regular content and <laughs> and doing it every single week because one, you've got to do it every week. And mm. I knew, and this was one of the reasons why I think I did podcasting because I knew once I started, I couldn't just not do it. Mm. Whereas with the blog, I was never consistent. I was yeah. never 
because I knew no one was paying that much attention. Mm. So with the podcast, it was like, no, if I'm going to do it, I've got to commit to doing this every single week. And don't get me wrong, some weeks I am right on the nose or I have been, <laughs> like literally, anybody want to work on a weekend? Yeah. Like, because it comes out on a Monday. But so that bit is, it's not that that doesn't happen, but every Monday without fail, a podcast yeah. might. Yeah. And it's staying consistent, but also it's finding content. Now, don't get me wrong, we are in an industry that is massive and there's so much to talk about. Mm. However, not every industry is like that. And also it's just so much content. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you wanted to go back and listen through all the episodes I've done. So when this episode comes out, I think, well, we're going to be mid eighties, you know, that is a lot of content. Mm. So, and again, if you're just doing it and you're not maximizing each one, then you're losing out or you've put so much effort into doing that content. And then it's just like, oh, move on to the next thing. Oh, move on to the next thing. So yeah, totally agree. And, and starting lower then if you want to do it, move up. It's like, I've always, and I talk about this all the time, that I always had this idea that I'd like a YouTube channel. I'd like to do a YouTube channel. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but it's like, I can't because um, one, if I can't be consistent, I'm not doing it. No. And I just know that I do enough. This is, this is a lot of content and I'm glad people love it and it's great. But, you know, and I, yeah, I do like the idea of a YouTube YouTube channel and maybe one day one day we shall both have our own YouTube channel exactly and we'll be like YouTubers <laughs> and be <We> cool <laughs> don't all kids all think we're amazing yeah no that is embarrassing never, <laughs> never gonna happen <laughs> like yeah so I think to keep consistent but small but yeah. then make sure you put almost as much effort into the promotion of that thing rather than just literally kind of just getting it out there just to tick the box and go look done my content how good am I so definitely and I think a lot of people are um they feel they lack confidence when it comes to sharing their content and they think okay well I'll you know I'll promote it once they're fine with that and yeah I'll put another second time another social media post out fine with that and then after that they're a bit like oh I don't want to don't want to talk about that again yeah I don't want to talk about it again I don't want to annoy people I don't want to bombard people but you know, I think 99.9% of the time people are not promoting their content enough because there's just so much out there. The risk of, of somebody actually seeing more than one of your posts, um, if you've done three, for example, is not that high anyway. And and you've really got to put some welly into the promotion of it. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So what's so great about today is that you're going to talk us through step by step by step, which I love and hopefully my audience love because I do all the time, exactly how to take something from, okay, here's your finished content to putting it up. So we're going to talk about YouTube, but obviously this is relevant to everything and we will dip into the others, but we're going to go through the YouTube one because there's a few different bits in that process that actually is really key for YouTube. So I wanted to cover that off. So, so let's get started. So you are given a video and it's completed and edited. Have they decided what the video title is at this point? Um, in most instances, yes, it does depend slightly on the, the client, but mostly my key requirements are, yeah, that the video has been edited. They know if not what the exact title is, a rough idea, I can then tweak the title to incorporate any sort of keyword or phrase that needs to be in there. The other, only other thing I would really need to know is if there's any sort of specific other keywords that if we're talking about YouTube, that they want their video to be found for. So I can make sure they're considered as well. But what I'll actually do, if you want, is is talk you through an actual process. Yeah, um, that'd be lovely. Uh, sort of pull an example up. Because I think the thing is, with with any of it, is because there's so many different parts to creating and, and mm-hmm. pr- publishing and promoting any one piece of content, 
So I'm sort of doing that with my own content, but also lots of other people's content. So if I didn't have a solid process in place for every single piece of content, every single client and how their process works, then I I would be in a a real mess. (laughs) I'd be in a serious pickle. So you just, if, if there's one thing that listeners kind of went away and did today, that would be to sit down, grab a piece of paper, or um, I'm a, a huge fan of just a Google Sheet. I think now there are so many tools out there to keep us organized and on track, but I do sometimes think that we overcomplicate things and we make our lives potentially a little bit harder than it has to be. If, if tools like, you know, there's Trello and Asana and there's lots of other things, fabulous tools out there and if that's what works for you that's fine but I just think sometimes just a simple spreadsheet that you can share if it's relevant to with other members of your team so you can all see exactly what needs to be done in in quite a lot of detail people can tick off when they've done their part so everybody knows where you're up to what the deadlines are etc I really just think that's a it works for me anyway um yeah and it's like I said it doesn't need to be complicated you don't it really doesn't you can literally use paper you literally can just do it on an old-fashioned piece of paper with a pen. So, so if we're talking about YouTube videos, so yes, I'll have an idea of the keyword um, that people want to use and ideally a title. The video so, at this point... Sorry, just one second. So when you're talking about keywords, you're talking about the words that you would put into Google to find the thing that they're trying to get seen for. So so obviously, uh, if... The, this podcast, for instance, if we're talking about uh, repurposing content, yeah. we would want the keyword repurposing content in there. Yeah, so um, we are talking about Google search to an extent, but we're focusing quite specifically on on how people search within YouTube. So yeah. we'll talk a little bit about how I work with keywords and tags and things like that and okay. the tools that I use. So I normally advise that people have one chosen keyword or key phrase for any particular video um so for example if you were doing a video about you know sales techniques different sales tips and techniques your keyword for that video might be sales techniques yeah um so then I'll, i'll sort of talk you through in a second how i then go from there to further optimizing the video using that that key phrase but the first thing i would do once i've got the edited video is and I'll just take you through in, in the particular order I do it. And it's going to be yeah. slightly different for everybody. But because the thing that takes the most time, I need to, one of the things that I do is I upload the subtitles to the video. It's really important now because a lot of people are watching with the sound off to have yeah. subtitles and videos. So I really recommend rev.com yeah. for subtitles. They're, I'll put a link to that. I use rev. They're very yeah. cool. They're good, aren't they? The turnaround is fantastic. They're, they're really quick and really accurate as well. Sometimes, you know, you do have to just double check through them, but that they are really good. So I'll always do that first because whilst they are quick, you could be talking about, you know, a couple of hours before you get it back. So I want to make sure that I can do lots of stuff in between while I'm waiting for that. So I'll upload the edited video to Rev and send that off um, so that they can do the captions. And then I'll start thinking about the optimization. So there's a, there's a few tools. So I'm a huge fan of one called Morning Fame and it's spelt morning F-A and then dot M-E. Okay, great. Um, if anybody wants to check that out. But there is a fee for that. So, so I don't know the prices off the top of my head, but I've used a few and I just find it really, really user-friendly. And basically it helps you optimize the title of your video and helps you optimize the description of your video. So the description is there's usually a couple of paragraphs between um, underneath any video sort mm-hmm. of telling 
people what it's about and helps you optimize that and there's also a section on YouTube for tags as well so you can have quite a few tags um, connected to any particular YouTube video there isn't a restricted number of tags themselves but there is a character limit and I think it's 500 characters so that might might allow you to have maybe 20 tags depending on how long they are so for example if a video was about sales techniques just using the previous example you can use tools like Morning Fame or there's TubeBuddy or there's VidIQ. You can enter your keyword, sales techniques, and it will then, using its data, it will show you other alternatives. So it might come up with sales tips. It might come up with sales techniques for beginners or sales techniques for face-to-face sales techniques, things like this. Yeah. Come up with all sorts and it will rank them. So um, they're, they're fairly sophisticated. They can they can use search volumes. So the idea is that, and each platform has a slightly different way of displaying them, but the idea is that you can choose the top ones, the ones that are going to get the highest volume of search. So you can really use those tags to give your video the best chance to be found by the people who it's going to be most relevant to. But these tools make it really, really easy, easy to do. And it's as simple as on the, the back end of YouTube, you literally have a place where you can upload your video a place where you can enter your title, your description, and a box where you literally write your tags in. So it, it, it's quite simple. It sounds complicated when you know, you're talking about it and you don't see it in front of you. But once you're actually on the back end editor yeah, of YouTube, it's not, it's, it's not too difficult. It's not too difficult. Okay. Um, so yeah. You're uploading the video. So I'm uploading the video. And then once I've uploaded the video, tools like Morning Fame, For example, you can write your title and your description and your tags are all inside Morning Fame and it's giving you a ranking. How good is your description? So, for example, it's a really good tip if you're uh, for your keyword to be at the very beginning of your YouTube description. So ideally the first word, certainly in the first sentence of the description. But if you can get it right to the beginning, that's really going to help. It's not always possible because you've got to consider how readable that is as well. Exactly, yeah. There's there's always a balance yeah. between there's always a balance. and yeah. computers. Yeah, Definitely. So you've got all that information in, in your optimization tool, but most tools like Morning Fame, you can just copy and paste straight onto right. YouTube then. So you're not writing it all out again or anything like that. You've uploaded your video to YouTube. We've tweak the title we've added the description and the tags and then I would add a custom thumbnail so the thumbnails on YouTube are really really important probably underestimated a lot of the time because um, so many people are using their phones to look at YouTube Uh, so we really have to consider how we um, attract people's attention and you only have a very limited amount of space, obviously, on a, a thumbnail image. Mm. So the, the general advice out there seems to be that to limit the text on your thumbnail image to no more than three or four words, okay. which is quite a challenge, really. <laughs> um, and ideally, you want your YouTube thumbnail text to be different to that of your title, because your okay. thumbnail is almost another opportunity you want to you want to maximize that you want to make the most of it you don't want to necessarily want to repeat the time that's interesting because I think most people would think it needs to be the same so that is the opposite yeah yeah the opposite so you have to get quite creative and you actually have to kind of think what can I put that's really going to draw people in here so I think spend more time on the thumbnail image than perhaps you you think because It, it does have quite an impact if you get it right. And obviously it wants to be really clear. Ideally, if you can have a picture, a screenshot of the video, or if you actual, actually take some 
some images on your iPhone or whatever that you've purposely posed for or whatever else. And that's great if you can get your face in there. So, yeah, really just put some effort into the thumbnail image. And then the other thing with YouTube is that you have the opportunity to, when you publish a video, to promote other videos on your YouTube channel from that video. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit, yes, it's a little bit like with blog posts when we link back to previous blog posts or related blog posts. Totally the same thing. It's just you doing it in a slightly different way. So we call these cards on YouTube. Um, so there's a section where you can add cards. So if like a third way through the video, you refer to another video, you would add a card at that point and it gives you a little timer along the bottom so you can stop the video at that point, add a card. And that's and done in YouTube. That's done within YouTube itself. It's all on the, the, the editor section of YouTube. So you can have as many cards as you like, I think. So I always try to put at least at least one, but ideally, you know, two or three mm-hmm. cards, just so that you're promoting other videos in your channel and it's all going to help with your um, watch time and that kind of thing. And also really important as well to have an end screen. So at the very end of your video, often if you watch YouTube videos, you'll see that people have either a logo or a little picture of themselves or just maybe even a subscribe button, uh, something that you can click to mm-hmm. subscribe to their channel. And then also you can, YouTube gives you the option to uh, select whether, to show a video that's either best for the viewer based on YouTube's sort of analytics, or you can send them off to a link of another playlist that you've created, or you can send them off to a previous individual video. So again, it's just another way to link off to... And to try and maximise all those opportunities. All the opportunities. Yeah. And YouTube is, is really geared up for that. So it's brilliant. And by the time I've sort of done all that for a client, then the subtitles will normally be ready. I'll normally have an email by that point from rev.com to say captions are ready. So I'll go ahead and download those off rev.com and then physically upload them onto YouTube. Okay. YouTube does give you automatic captions, but they're not too reliable. <laughs> no, especially if you are talking about something that has names or yeah. system or then obviously it's not going to get it. It's not going to know that sort of thing. Yeah. No, no, it's not going to get it. The the final thing I'll probably do on the YouTube side of things is to add that video to a particular playlist. It's a really good idea to have playlists set up on your channel so that people can find the kind of content that's relevant to them. So there is an option on the YouTube editor to add that, that particular video to one or two playlists. That's cool. So I have all these parts of the process on my Google Sheet and I literally, once I've done each box, I'm really, really sad and I get a huge amount of satisfaction from writing, done, done, done. I love it. I love love nothing more than crossing things off. It's amazing. And I've been known to write something on just so I can cross it off. Me too. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. Got to celebrate these small wins. Exactly. No matter how small. Yeah. So, okay, the video is all up ready. So let's talk about um, going forward in terms of how are you maximizing and getting as many views on that content as possible? Yeah, so whilst we're talking about YouTube um, videos and YouTube, that particular process that we've talked about there is probably just one third of the the entire process. So we next have to think about how we repurpose that video. And most of the ways, uh, the, the, the main way that, my YouTube clients choose to do that is by creating a blog out of the content of the video. So again, rev.com is brilliant because not only do you get the captions, but for no extra charge, you can select um, to download a transcription, full transcription of the content of the video. 
So it's so handy, so, so handy. So I do watch the video through, um, mainly at the point, interesting, when I'm checking the captions on Rev, because while, as, as I say, they are 99% accurate, but <laughs> I did get a swear word in there once, and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I read this through. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> on one of Andrew and Pete's videos. That's well. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it began with an S, so I'll leave it to you. Yes, yeah, we can guess, we can we guess. Can guess. Yeah. So that I usually use that as my opportunity to watch the video through because that's the first step that I do anyway. It, yeah. it sort of works out quite well. So yeah, you can download the transcript and I use that as the basis for creating the blog. So um, work turning it from a transcript to a blog because the way I speak and the way I write are so different. And yeah. I actually have a podcast listener who's contacted me and said that they read my transcripts, which I find amazing. Because honestly, I don't know how you could read a transcript because I, I don't think it's going to make sense. But anyway, she said she does and it's all fine, which is great. But do you have to do a lot of work then to transfer it from one to the other? The honest answer is it depends completely on the client. So whoever, who's done the video, because um, I have some clients who literally script their videos so those clients, it's dead easy because yeah. it's so structured. There's hardly any ums and ahs in it. There's yeah. um, the sentences are already almost complete, structured, finished sentences. So for those, it's it's fairly easy with a you know some tweaking, some filling out, a little bit of editing to to create a, a decent blog from that. With others, it, it takes more work. So it just depends on people's individual style when it comes to recording videos and whether oh, they. Oh, would be a nightmare. <laughs> Honestly, my stuff to turn into a blog would be a nightmare. It would literally be full of a load of rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So, so at that point, like sometimes I'll just create a little Google Drive. I just think it's amazing. So I just get a Google Doc up and I copy and paste a transcript onto there and work yeah. on it in within the Google Doc. And um, once I'm happy with the edited version, I've added in any links. That's quite an important part formatted everything I can then put that into put that onto the, the website usually it's a WordPress website but it can be any different platform and again formatting the blog within there making sure we've got the right headings and everything else making mm-hmm. sure all the links opening new tabs and that kind of thing and then optimizing that blog within um, on the platform so again if it's WordPress um, many clients will use Yoast which is so easy to use. And again, I know what keyword we're optimizing for. So for example, we've already, picked it. Yeah. we've already picked it. So I can use Yoast to make sure that that blog's optimized for that keyword. Various other things relating to the actual blog. It's again, it's uploading the thumbnail image, making sure the image is optimized using the alt tag. So let's just say that just so that people understand what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. So the, when you upload an image, you have an option mm-hmm. to put something in the alt tag text. So mm-hmm. Tell us what you're putting in there. So uh, normally it's the the keyword that we are optimizing for normally because, you know, Google uses images as well as text to help people find relevant content. And obviously it's very sophisticated, but can't yet work out what's on, what's physically on an image. So uh, the old tag is just a way of helping Google out and saying, this is what this image is all about. So it's just another tiny opportunity to help optimize your content really yeah, they're all little tiny things but all done together they can make quite a big difference yeah but again these are all just the little things that people tend to ignore bury their head in the sand about or maybe don't even know about but and quite it often just, no it yeah. doesn't take long really not when you've done that bit of work at the beginning the other thing yeah. you mentioned that I just want to jump on because actually mm. this is a bit of a, a bugbear of mine but a, a missed opportunity <laughs> for lots of people is when they don't open links in new tabs. 
Yeah. If someone's on your site, obviously you want to provide them with the link, but you don't really want them leaving your site. So always open any links from your website. Again, social media is a big one. So often when I go and if I'm looking for someone's social media, I go to their website because that's Mm -hmm. the quickest and easiest way to get a link to the right Instagram or the right Facebook or whatever. And when it then takes over their site, because it's not opening in a new tab, it's like, that's a big mistake because you want them to obviously get access to that, but you really want them to stay on your site. So always, I always tick. Always. Yeah. Always, always, always. And again, you know, fair enough. If you do have a lot of links, it can feel like a bit of a faff, but it's so, so worth doing. So worth doing. So that's, um, that's definitely something else to consider. So, yeah, so, so mainly at this point, we've, we've got the blog pretty much up on the website and then create the backlinks. So I would um, have a little section at the bottom or link throughout the post to other blogs on that client's website that might be relevant mm-hmm. um, and then go back to those blogs and link forward to this, this newer one, if that makes sense. Um, How would so, you do that? So would you just add an additional line in that blog saying... Yeah, quite a few people will have like a um, related content section at the bottom or you might like, and then a bullet point list of maybe three or four of the blog posts underneath, or I might try and weave it into that blog post by creating another sentence or something in brackets to say, you can you see check out this. Here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it, it depends slightly on how people have got things set up and how they like to do things. But yeah, just making the most of that opportunity to link all your content together, just like we did with the videos, get them all linked together. Again, that's really interesting because I bet so many people don't do that. Mm. So with the podcast, often if I am talking and remember that another podcast is really useful for this, and mm. I will say, and it's always linked in the show notes, mm. um, we'll have a whole section on links that I've mentioned in the podcast, but like, I wouldn't necessarily be thinking to do that on blogs or going back and re-looking at what content I've done before. And obviously it's going to get to a point where the podcast is so big and long mm. that I'm going to forget what we've done episodes on previously. Sure, and, yeah. you know, so it's a really good idea to almost, I know we have a spreadsheet of a list of every episode that we have and what the title was. Mm. So I, I can see it at a glance and we actually use it for repurposing as in when did we last talk about that particular episode? But, and we kind of tick off every time we post about it. But for me, it just helps me kind of have an overview of, okay, these are all the subjects we've talked about. These are the keywords or whatever. So if I'm doing an episode and I can link back, I always do link back or I always say, actually go check out episode so-and-so because yeah. we talked about this. For sure. And I think the other thing as well about YouTube, we mentioned about um, linking off to other videos using cards, but you can also, there's nothing to stop you using that description box as well. Yeah. You know, so for example, I've just done one where there was a, a part one video and a part two. So not only did I link using the cards, each mm-hmm. video to the other video, but use the description to say, read part one and then a, an actual yeah. URL to the other video. So yeah, it's just making most of all these little tiny opportunities to you know, direct people. And like I said, you need that structure in order to remind yourself to do those little bits because they're so small, but they can make a big difference that, you know, it's almost like you need to be so purposeful. I almost need to sit down for every podcast episode that I do, whether it be an interview or whether it be a a solo one and think, okay, is there anything back I can go back and say, go check out this one as well? 
So yeah, yeah. That, you're right. I need to be really purposeful about that. That little bit of time at the beginning, like you say, could mm-hmm. you know just help you maximise it that much more and save a little bit of time as well if you remember too late yeah. that you could have done that all this. Yeah. So, and again, on the YouTube description, like you say about when you mentioned the word format, it just made me think, you know, have a, you can set your videos up so that each time you add a new video, your description has a particular format. So for example, it might be a space at the top to add your description and then it might be read the blog and then you'd have that, that set in a template and all you'd then have to do is add the URL to the blog for the new video that you're uploading. And then it might be, you know, check out my website and various things. So just make things easy for yourself and easy for you to remember each week or each fortnight what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Sorry, do you want to go? No, it's fine. <laughs> breath in, like I'm about to speak. Because oh, okay. <laughs> um, I was processing. <laughs> I love a process. And that's the thing, right? So just thinking about the order in which you have to do things as well, mm. because one of the funny things about if we're ever doing a freebie or a download, mm. the order in which you create that process is not the order in which we do it. Mm. So, so you know, if you're doing a download, you'd go to uh, from an ad to the, the landing page, then you'd put your details in, then you, you'd obviously subscribe to whatever it was, and then you go to the thank you page. But when you're building that process, mm-hmm. build the thank you page before the landing page, and you build the advert after you've built the landing page. Mm-hmm. So the process of things is often the other way around. And it's the mm-hmm. same with our podcast process. It's like, so for me, Kirsty, who does my show notes, who works with us, she gives me the title, okay? So I never really know what the which episode it's going to be what and what the title is because sometimes I think I know what I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. and it goes into a different direction. And actually having her listen to it and her going, okay, this is really what's coming through, I find more helpful mm-hmm. um, for me anyway. And she's so much better with words, you know, whereas I can talk, she can write. So I'm sure she can talk lovely as well. I'm not insulting you there. <laughs> She also obviously listens to the episodes as well. So, yeah. um, she, um, so she does the the title. But the interesting thing is, I obviously have to do the podcast, get it edited, get it back from the editor to send to her because she also timestamps. So she can't do the show notes until the finished final version of the podcast is available. And then Sophia, who also works with me, she does the social media posts. So she gets them ready because they follow the same format. She just swaps out the title, swaps out the number, swaps out the image if it's an interview. So it's a really kind of straight, really good, quick formula. But she can't do that until she's got the show notes back from Kirsty because we don't know what it's called. So it's thinking about these these steps, not only that you have to do the steps, but like you just said, if you're doing the description on YouTube and you want to link it to the blog, you need the blog URL, or you need to know what you're going to call that blog URL. So Mm -hmm. again, one thing that really helped me with forward planning of the podcast was the fact that every episode is TeresaHeathWaring.com forward slash, and then the number that it is. Mm -hmm. So I can plan content around that episode and have the link ready to go before the link even exists. Cause I know that's what the link is going to be. So, yeah. so yeah, it's kind of getting some of those processes in place to help you be speedier, but also knowing if I've got to do all these steps, which step has to come first, even though it might not feel like that is the natural thing that is first, you might need to do it first. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I love having a spreadsheet because I can literally just swap things around. You know, I might yeah 
think, okay, actually, no, it's not making sense to do it that way. I'm going to sort things around. I would really recommend that people have it in a flow of how they actually do it. Exactly. Yeah. Especially if like you're, um, I suppose it's not too relevant if you're doing a, a podcast that continues or if you're doing a weekly blog, but a lot of people say, for example, they do podcasts in se- uh, seasons. Seasons, yeah. Yeah, you might think, well, it's it's in my head. I know exactly what I'm doing and I can do it with my eyes closed now. I do it every week. But then if you take a break for a few weeks, mm. you'd be surprised where that information just disappears to you and you're going, oh, how do I do this again? For sure. So just to have it all, you know, laid out in front of you, black and white, is a huge weight off your shoulders when you come back to Absolutely. do it again. And the other, the other sort of, again, it's a spreadsheet that I use, but to keep you on track, I can't recommend enough having what I call a content audit sheet. So on the um, the spreadsheet where I have my workflow, my process, I have another tab with a content audit. So for, if it's for my own podcast that we're talking about, I'd have like literally the episode number, the episode title, who the guest was, and a description of what we talked about. Mm-hmm. That helps me, like we were saying before, linking back to yeah. other content and interlinking you know and if you've got a blog you can go you can categorize your blogs on this spreadsheet and say well this one we're talking about sales this one we're talking about LinkedIn this one we're talking about blogging whatever and so when you're next doing a blog about blogging you can look back and go right what other blogs have I done in that category and then you then know how you can link your posts together um, rather than having to think back to what blog post you've you've done previously on that topic or literally scroll through your blog so that's another way to keep yourself in check (laughs) and you know what like I think the longer I'm in business excuse me right I can hear a child screaming outside my house it's not a child that belongs to me in case (laughs) anybody Honestly, I have to say these things and people just feel like, we can't hear it, Teresa. Why are you even saying it? <laughs> I don't know that you can't hear it and I can hear yeah, it. And this child is obviously outside playing with a scream on for ages. <laughs> Not like, this isn't a pain scream. This is like a enjoying themselves, but literally screaming. So I apologise. <laughs> it's not mine. It's far too young to be mine. Don't report her. <laughs> no, please don't. It's definitely not my child. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, the longer I've been in business, the more I've realised, or the more I'm starting to realise, that where you can bring in a process, it makes your life so much easier. Like, and I guess I didn't... I. I feel like an idiot saying as if I've only just realized it, but, mm. but I don't think you do, or, or certainly some things you think, oh, I know how to do that. So why would I write it down? Mm. And it's not until, which we, are, you know, one of the good things about this conversation is because once this process is sorted, you can hand it to someone else when you yeah. are in the fortunate position to get someone to help you. So not only does that help them do it better, but honestly, the time it speeds up for me to do mm-hmm. things. I'm just going through, I've digressed slightly again, apart from talking about screaming children. I'm just going through the point where we're doing up my accounts. And if there's one thing in business I hate more than anything, it's accounts and it's bookkeeping. And it's like, literally, I think my bookkeeper hates me. And I have to admit, my bookkeeper is my auntie. She has her own business, right? So she comes oh. right to my house and she literally kicks me on a regular basis. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing? If you just did this and this, it would save you hours of my time. And obviously I pay her because this is her job. This is what she yeah. does. And it's just like, yeah, I know I should. And I, I get so annoyed with myself for not doing the process properly. Like I'm a nightmare at spending money on the wrong cards for the wrong accounts for the wrong thing and now oh, I can do yeah. 
because I've got the agency that we still have. And then obviously Teresa Heath Waring is another business. They are two limited companies on their own. Oh my word, yeah. my head is going to explode with this stuff. So, so anywhere you can bring in a process, yeah. oh man, it literally just, that's where it really comes so much easier. Yeah. So much easier. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Having it all in place. Yeah. When you're on your own, like you say, you might sort of think, oh, it's all in my head. But when you start bringing in freelancers or team members, you are going to thank your lucky stars that you put this bit yeah. of work in up front. Do it before you need to do it. Yeah. Because then it's just going to be make outsourcing such a, a smooth process. Everyone's yeah. going to know where they are. And yeah, just laying the right foundations. Um, okay. So we digress there. Sorry, talking about accounts. No, no, not at all. <laughs> so, so you've got all that ready. You've got the blog post ready. So is this where we start talking about actually putting it out into the world? It is. So we've got the video, we've got the blog. So it depends slightly on how different people do things. So for example, some clients, they send out a, once they've put their piece of content out, they want to broadcast it to their email list. Mm-hmm. So I'll then write the, um, the email content for some for some clients some clients email can be quite a personal thing so an email to a list a lot of clients want to to continue to do that themselves which I completely get um and I think often is a good thing just to keep that personal touch but some you know they they want it more slightly more formal so I'll help them write that and and it can be actually as as comprehensive as actually physically scheduling that on their you know convert kit or whatever they use MailChimp But that's really important to get it out to your list and and get it promoted that way. Some clients will do use chatbots on Facebook to broadcast that way through Messenger to say that we've got a new piece of content and can get quite inventive with that by kind of trying to get people to interact with it, asking questions before leading on to saying, well, we've got this new piece of content rather than just sending it straight out there and basically yeah um, it's trying to encourage that engagement so if it's a podcast for example then we'll create um like a trailer an audiogram so i like to use headliner which is an app where you can create a snippet of um well it can be longer than 60 seconds on headliner but i think for social media for sharing if you want to share it on instagram or yeah. twitter keep it under 60 seconds you know we create graphic designer creates a nice image for the the background and then um, you can you know create a little short trailer just to draw people in it's just another way to sort of get people mm. engaged you, and then it, do you listen to the podcast and you pick the, the bits that are good yeah so normally and um, that ties into the part where we're writing the blog normally when you're going through the blog you can sort of pick quote because the other thing that we do is create like quote images or yeah. pull out quotes to use on social media so it makes sense to kind of do that at the point where you're going through and, and writing and then editing the blog you can highlight little bits called oh, that would make a really good tweet or that would make a really good little sentence to put on an image that we create in canva or that paragraph there would fit into 60 seconds and would be really that would get people really thinking about what this podcast episode is all about so we'll use that those words there but Headliner is a really, really good tool. And the, the, the trailers can be made to look quite eye-catching. Yeah. Sorry, um, you've just given me a complete epiphany. I keep interrupting. I'm so sorry. Go on, what's your epiphany? Do you know what I do? I've never outsourced that bit. I always pick the clips that I uh-huh. Because we have a few different clips and I always pick them, right? But do you know how I do it? I literally go back and listen and I like jump sections and I wait for something to come. Oh. And I go, oh, that could be cool. 
what an idiot. How much time am I wasting? Why did I not just get the transcript, by which, by which point we've probably already got, and I just scan down the transcript and see, like, what is good? What an absolute thought. Yeah, or the other option could be, like, in whoever's writing the show notes or, you know, blog, you you might probably want to be the one that has the final decision and say, no, I did the yeah. interview, so I think this bit. But if you could always get them to highlight some different, give you some yeah. different options. Could this work? Could this work? And then you could stand back through and go, mm, I like that one. Yeah, um, yeah. Kirsty does so, do yeah. quotes. So she yeah. will find some quotes which are good. And sometimes, strangely, I end up finding the same audio clip and it's not till all the content gets put together that I'm like, oh, look, it's virtually the same. That's amazing. But yeah, I don't know why I didn't do that. I just honestly, what a it's thought. It's all these little things though, isn't it? You learn as you go along and then sure. and you tweak and yeah. refine it. So, and again, if it's a YouTube video, there's, you know, Obviously, we will write promotional tweets and Facebook posts and yeah. LinkedIn and all the rest of it. But how many are you doing? So let's say, it, let's say it's a weekly bit of content. Yeah, so you're promoting it for a week. How many? Yeah. How many posts would you schedule? How many posts? And what different types of posts would you do? So it does vary from client to client, but for myself, for example, I try and do between six to eight tweets. Uh, try and do one to two Facebook posts per episode um once on LinkedIn and I sort of vary the the posts that I'm doing some of them will be plain text with just the link some of them will have the audiogram attached some of them might have a quote image attached that we've created on Canva so I try and mix things up a little bit but yeah normally if you were to add all of those sort of tweets and Facebook posts together you're probably looking at about 10 social posts per and I don't I don't want people listening to this thing oh my goodness I can't do 10 because do you know what Honestly, with with the podcast in particular, because we use the same format, mm-hmm. we have two colours that we alternate, and we depend that colour on the colour of or the picture that we've been given. Mm-hmm. So, if we think the pink will go better with the photo with, of the person I'm interviewing, then we'll use pink. If we think blue will, we'll use blue. Mm. However, like nothing else changes. So, once you've taken the effort and the time to set those up in Canva, are you do you use Canva? Yeah, I love Canva. Canva. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you, as long as you've set them up, then literally you just go in, swap out the image, swap out the text, swap out the image, swap out the text, mm. you know, maybe change a color, maybe tweak it slightly, but honestly, it doesn't have to be a brand new thing. So when you're sat there thinking, oh my God, 10 a week or, you know, or even five a week, it's mm. honestly not that, that much. No. And, and yeah, again, it, it might sound a lot, but when you're thinking about content for your social media posts, remember that at this point, you've already written your show notes, you've already written your blog, you know, the content, you've probably done the interview or the, the, you know, recorded the video yourself. So yeah. if you're doing it. You already know that content inside out. You probably know in your head, which bits you want to use for the social mm-hmm. media posts. It's just repurposing. That's all yeah. this really is at this point. This is not creating anything from scratch. This isn't, this is the, the important bit because yeah. no one is going to see all that amazing stuff that you've done. Yeah. Definitely. And the other thing as well with YouTube videos specifically is um, we've been experimenting with some clients with using Instagram TV. So ah, okay. a video from the client in the right format to um, upload it to in, um, IGTV, which then means that um, not only is it on IGTV and people can watch the full video there, but um, Instagram will also show a preview of that video within the feed, within right. their feed. So that's just another, you know, another good way to just get that extra bit of engagement, depending on which you know platform people use. But yeah, you, you've you've got this sort of process in front of you, and I think it's about yeah, you might be at the stage where you have to do every little bit yourself. 
Um, but you can very quickly start to see the little bits that it would make the most sense to get help with. There's yes. bits that you're always going to need to, like you're always going to need to be the one actually recording the podcast. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Otherwise it would be a little bit off brand. <laughs> well, it was funny yesterday because I was on uh, I was on a call with uh, Katie, one of my assistants. She she said to me, what could I do to help? Because I was like, actually, I've got a really busy week and I need to get all this stuff done and I've got to record some videos for people and things that take a lot of time. Mm. And she's like, what can I do? And I was like, well, you could always do the intro and outro for a couple of podcasts for me if you want. Like, you imagine that'd be hilarious. I this week because Teresa's really busy. I yeah. said, I'm sure that's necessarily the thing that I can outsource to you, but thank you anyway. Thanks, yeah, thanks. you're right. Yeah. Obviously, there's things that I have to do and there's things that I want to do. Like I said, with the clips, I want to pick them because I want to think, oh, that was good actually. Or I remember something within the conversation that I think, oh no, I need to go back and use that as a clip. But yeah. like you said, I don't have to be the person that, well, I'm not the right person for the show notes because I can't write that that well. Kirsty is way better at writing them than I am. I can't edit as well as Phil. You know, I can't, I can't do these things as well as my team. So therefore I'd much rather they did it. And obviously then it frees me up to do the stuff that I am good at doing or that is part of my role. And that's exactly right. And I think a lot of people see outsourcing as, you know, an expense and they're worried about taking that leap. But actually, you know, it's an investment because, you know, if, if you don't ask at the right point, obviously it has to be yeah. the right time. But if you don't make that investment, then your business is, is not going to be able to grow as, as quickly and as effectively as it, as it could, because you need to be spending time doing the things that only you can actually do. Whereas how many of those little parts of that process can easily be outsourced? We were talking yeah. about just creating the images in Canva. Once the templates are all set up, you are literally asking somebody to change the text. Yeah. Go in, just change what's already there, add a different image. It doesn't have to be me or you or, you know, that doesn't have to be the people who are creating the content. Yeah. It's someone else. And, and actually, you know, in terms of money to time, that is worth every penny, me getting someone else to manage that process. And and Sophia, who helps me manage the process, she is she manages every step, which is awesome. So all I have to do, and we share a Google Sheet, mm-hmm. so I have a list of what's coming up. So I'll go in and put, okay, I'm, I'm doing this interview on this day, or this person's being interviewed or whatever. And then she literally has a, have we done this tick? Have we done this tick? And it's mm-hmm. that process every single step. And when you see the Google Sheet, you're like, holy moly, man, that's yeah. a lot of stuff. Because it looks a lot of stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah. There might just be tiny bits yeah but you just need to put them down well I needed to put them down when I handed them to her Mm. but then that's it now and it's done other than if you change it which if you change it, it's going to be a tweak it's not going to be rewriting the whole thing again Mm. and once you've got it down once you've you've got it so you don't have to do it again so yeah absolutely I do actually have um some templates um which I'd be really happy to share if if you want to have send you the links to put in the show notes but if people want to I've got templates for YouTube videos for podcasts and for blogs um that people could download that and then tweak it that's Um, awesome so just really quickly then before we finish so do you then obviously you're doing a lot of linking back and forward and that sort of thing which is awesome which I haven't done as purposeful as I should and I am going to now think about that but do you, we do something where we have this, in case you missed it. So we'll have a list of, of our podcast episodes and every week when uh, Sophia's scheduling the podcast episodes to go on social media, she'll pick one episode previously and then upload that and go and start it with hashtag in case you missed it. And we'll talk about that. So do you often do, or do you recommend that people kind of take older things and repurpose them if they're evergreen? 
For sure. Definitely. 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 Because you're going to be getting new listeners all the time. And depending how long your podcast has been going or, you know, it's relevant for any form of content, you want to redirect them to, you know, to the older pieces of content. And, and that you know, you know, podcasts can go into their episodes of hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. And it, we're, we're all the same. We tend to just start at the latest and work backwards. But the more signposting you can do, you're just helping people out. You're, you're providing them with more value. They'll thank you for it. And you're also sending them to the pieces of content that are going to be most relevant to them and hopefully get them into somehow or other the right funnel for you. Just yeah. Them. And also, you know, what was really interesting when I started the podcast. So for the first 20 something episodes, I think maybe 30 episodes I did solo. Mm-hmm. Then I started interviewing and I interviewed rock stars of our industry. <laughs> like did. I had Pat Flynn, Amy Porterfield, had Andrew and Pete on. I had uh, Rick Mulready. I've had like some of the most amazing guests. But you know, the interesting thing is my podcast didn't get as many downloads as it does now because obviously the whole thing is it grows. So the kind of almost sad fact is that the more time goes on, the more people are listening. However, they've missed out or they might not be aware of these other podcasts that literally I had huge yeah. and amazing. Not, you know, everyone's amazing and they've all got something to add, but you know what I mean? Like some episodes. So when I look at my most popular episode, it's Jasmine Starr mm. and hers was, oh, a long time ago. I'll link up to it in the show notes. I can't remember what number it is off the top of my head. But hers is my most popular by far. So obviously there is something really good in there. You know, again, when I think about interviewing Amy, I was, funnily enough, I just saw it in an email the other day. I was looking for something and her, one of her team emailed me back saying, I've just listened to your podcast with Amy. It's brilliant. The rapport you two have got is just ace. And it's like, yeah, you forget about those things because obviously I'm going on to the next thing and on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And, on to the, and sometimes I don't even, I have to remind myself in a week what podcast episodes out because mm-hmm. obviously I batch content and I, and therefore I'm sometimes not even sure myself actually, oh, it's this week we're talking about this or this week so-and-so's on. And, and I recorded that weeks ago or, you know, and, and I have to remind myself. So yeah, I think sometimes it's just really good to kind of, go back and keep pulling yeah, that out. Because- you can be frightened to do that. And again, that's where repurposing comes in because if you can find different ways to present that material, mm. it's going to be even easier for you to reshare it. Um, yeah, absolutely. If, you know, if it's evergreen content. And you did have some rock stars and we I should did. probably mention <laughs> <laughs> um, cross-referencing content. When you came onto my podcast and you shared exactly how you did that, that yes. whole topic of that podcast episode was about how you got so, rockstar. If you want to know, then you need to go and listen to Natalie's podcast. Yeah, I can't remember what episode number it is off the top of my head, but um, we'll have no, to find I can't. That. Yeah, we'll link in the show notes for sure. But yeah, no, you're right. And, and doing that sort of thing is great. And you know, the other interesting thing I found about or think about interviewing people although I never wanted to do it permanently because I feel, because I like to teach, that's why Mm -hmm. I keep the solo episodes. But what is interesting is obviously when you have someone on, they're sharing it too, or some of them do, some of them don't. So depending on the level and the size of of that person, uh, although Jasmine Starr, actually she put it on her Insta story before I did. I was like, holy moly, man, that was amazing. And so that might be one of the reasons she's one of the most popular episodes because she pushed it as as 
you know, as I oh, do. Oh, that's amazing. And yeah. it is amazing. And Amy had me on her Insta stories. And, you know, so, so these things are great. And having, including someone in that. And again, funnily enough, uh, we were talking just before we got on that I was on Andrew and Pete's YouTube channel because mm. we were laughing about the fact that <laughs> most ridiculous picture of me so uh but obviously what's great is not only because they don't often have guests on I think they don't no they don't no very rarely so very honored Mm -hmm. but what's great is obviously the fact that I was pushing it too so they might get new people watching them because I went on and I did a uh, you know, an episode for them type thing. So Absolutely. yeah, I think it's all this kind of trying to find every single opportunity, isn't it? But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Natalie. This has been so very helpful. And I am going to go and download those things to see the process, just to check what we're doing and whether I can do anything better. <laughs> link up to them in the show notes. And I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you oh, so very it's much. It's been a joy. Thanks, Teresa. How was that? Did you pick up some tips and ideas and strategies for putting out your content? Did you find some tools that would be particularly useful? Like I said, I found uh, some of the tools you talked about, especially the YouTube stuff. Obviously, I don't have a YouTube account. That's not my key area that I know lots and lots about. So that was particularly helpful for me and how she kind of comes up with the keywords and that sort of thing. That was that was really good. I really enjoyed this episode. Like I said, I really do like the practical elements of it because I want you guys to go away and be able to do something with what we've talked about. And that's what I love about it. And I think that's what you guys love about it. I've had some amazing reviews and that's what you guys have said, that it's the fact that you can do stuff in your business, which I find particularly helpful. Okay, I'm back again next week. We're getting really close to the 100 mark. Like, you know, what's this one? 80, what did I just say this was? 87, bear me a second, just I find it. Oh no, we're on 88, this was. The problem is when I batch, I never know what number we're on, so I have to have it written down. So yeah, we're getting really, really close to that 100, which is awesome because I love it and hopefully you guys love it too. Okay, I'm going to leave it there for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will see you again next week. Have an amazing week. Take care, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 